Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. So let's start again. I said amen? Okay, that's better. Uh, we wanted the TCC church to be part of this morning service because of what I want to teach this service and next Sunday I want them to be part of the church uh, because this is very important for their own spiritual development so you have them right uh, at your left hand corner let's pray Father thank you because I'm anointed to teach thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus I pray that light and understand it we come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I want to start a series that I'll call Disciplines for Spiritual Growth. It will be probably a two-part series. And if the Lord gives us the grace, we can go on to the third part, depending on how the Holy Ghost leads us. And uh, this is very important because of setting... Things that go on in our life. And if we're not careful, we become very casual about our spiritual growth. So if you're in TCC, make sure you're writing because when you go back to your class, you're going to have to review the notes of this Sunday and next Sunday. So make sure you're writing. And everyone else. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 24. And verse 10. Let's start from there. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10. It says, If you are slack, I'm reading the New American Version. If you are slack in the day of distress, your strength is limited. One of the things that I've been doing of recent that the Holy Spirit has been speaking expressly to me about, and like almost all of you know by now, I grew up in a pastor's home, and I've been pastoring since I left the university, so you can as well say that I grew up in a ministry environment. And what that can do to someone is to make you very familiar with scriptures. And intentionally, the Holy Spirit is slowing me down to meditate more on scriptures, not to get familiar with the word. So I want us to take a look at this and think over it deeply. Let's think over it deeply. If you are slack in the day of distress, your strength is limited. Think about it. Many times we feel that when we fail in the day of trouble, it's because the trouble is so big. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that if you fail in the day of distress, it is not the trouble that is big, it is your strength that is limited. The King James Version will say, if you fail in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Many times when challenges come to our life, when problems are around us, we blame everything else. But we don't have that honest conversation with ourselves that, listen, this might be limited strength. Are you following what I'm saying? That I'm not able to overcome this because I've got limited strength. And so, <clears throat> spiritual growth is about empowering your strength. It's about growing your inner man. It's important for us to understand that God assures us of victory. Two things are constant in life. Troubles 
Number one, troubles are constant. Number two, victory is constant. The, the, the message translation puts it this way. If you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Look at that. If you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Think deeply on this word. Limited strength. Limited strength. That means you have a responsibility to grow your strength, to increase the limits of your strength. And how can you do that? It's as you grow spiritually. So, I was looking at this and I want to look at the force of desire in spiritual growth. But I wrote a few thoughts there and I'd like us to go through. Number one, your spiritual life is like your muscles. Remember what the message translation says. What does it say? If you fall to pieces in crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. If you fall to pieces in crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. So let's write this down. Your spiritual life is like your muscles. And it will weaken from lack of use. It's what you call atrophy. When you don't use your muscles over a long time, what happens is that it grows weak. It's no longer strong. It grows weak, it's not strong, it's weak, it's flabby. So, if you want your muscles to be toned, you have to be intentional about uh, exercise. Increasing strength and agility happens when you exercise it. But this would require pain. It will require effort. It will require weight. And it will require opposition to grow. It will require exercise. It will require you going through the pain barrier. It's going to require effort and weight and opposition to grow. Nobody grows without breaking the pain barrier. Nobody grows without effort. Nobody grows without uh, pain. Nobody grows without opposition. And then I write here that you can hone your muscles through consistent and continual practice. I want you to say the word consistent and continual practice. Those two words are very important in your spiritual growth. Consistency. You know, every year, at the beginning of the year, at least before the whole COVID thing, everybody had this exercise goal. Hmm? So you get them. This is the year. Woo! Six pack. I'm burning the fats. I'm burning the weights. Hmm? Want to work on my muscles. You go to the shop, buy all the kits, skipping rope, Nike shoes, Good stuff to, to lift the weights. You go to the gym the first day. And you carry all the weights. Put on your status. Fat, burning, loading. The year of the six packs. Excitement everywhere. You snap with all the machines. Snap with the coach. Hmm? Everybody's happy. And then you go to sleep. Your coach says you have to do this four times a week. Said, no problem. I'm up for it. This is the year. And in the morning, <laughs> you get up, you raise your hand, 
you feel a bit of pain. Raise your other hand, you feel a bit of pain. You raise your leg. In your mind, you are raising your leg. But the actual state is that your leg did not move. Then you tell yourself, it's who is alive that will get six packs. So you text your coach, say, I will not be able to make it today. And that's what happened in our spiritual growth. We're, we're excited about it. You hear a message like this, you're excited. You come from camp meeting, you're excited. First night, you go on prayers, you go on the word. The next day, something comes up. Discipline goes back. And the truth about life is this. If you're not gaining ground, you're losing ground. So I used to go to the gym. And uh, I, I went consistently, three times a week. Over time, I developed the fact that I could carry certain levels of weight. Kilograms of weight. And so, after a while, I stopped. And um, I went back after a couple of months. So, I went immediately, after my warm-up, I went immediately to the weight I used to carry before I stopped. So, when I carried the weight, in my mind, I carried it. Through my actions, I carried it. But the weight did not leave where it was. You know what? My coach said, I have to start again. So I realized that the fact that I was not, and you, you need to pay very close attention to this. The fact that I was not consistently practicing, my muscles did not stop at the last weight I carried. I actually was depreciating. And so, to come back to where I stopped, I had to start again. Backward. What am I trying to tell you? If you're not gaining spiritual ground, you are losing. There are no neutrals in the realm of the spirit. I'll give you an example you can all relate with. How many of us have tried to do push-ups before? Hmm? Press-up or push-ups? And you do maybe 5 or 10 or 20. Right? And after a while you stop. Then you go back to do those push-ups. What happened? Huh? You do 2. And I like the way the third one ends up. You will just stretch. I give myself away. So you can use me. You realize that when you were doing 20, if you had continued, you'd be doing 30. But because you stopped, you couldn't do 20. You now stopped at 10. What, mean, what it means is that when you stopped, you lost ground. I want you to really, I want that to sink in. When you stop developing spiritually, you're not just in one place. You're losing ground. And so when opposition comes, you realize that even the strength you had before, it's no longer there. It was like Samson. The Bible says, he shook himself and wished that God was with him and realized, oh, God isn't here. He assumed. You cannot assume growth. You cannot assume that you're growing. Spirituality without discipline moves in hapless fits and starts. It is sporadic. It's dependent on fluctuating feelings. Huh? So that man is happy. He goes to the gym. And then the day he's not happy, he doesn't go. That's not somebody who wants to become a national champion. If you want to become a national champion, what's going to happen? You will go to the gym regardless of your feeling. You know, you know one reason why Nigeria has never won the World Cup, right? Every Nigerian should know why we have never won the World Cup. You know the reason why? You don't know? What do you think is the reason? Lack of what? Preparation. But you know, you know we pray. When Nigeria is playing like that, you see people, even in the stands, if the camera zoom, you see people speaking in tongues. <laughs> we'll go to camp two weeks to, 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 to the World Cup. Then we can forget our Jesse in the U.S. 
And then after one match, people will be crying that they have not paid them bonus. Not, not ready. And you see some other teams, four years down the line, they are preparing. There's a difference between desiring spiritual growth and wishing that you're growing. I'm going to talk about desire. But I want you to look at this. God does not have favorites. You have to put in the work to grow. If your child, if you give birth to a child and you say, oh, let's feed this child. And the child says, no, I, I don't want to eat, but I believe I will grow. You know that will not happen. Many people want to grow on their terms, not on God's terms. Look at this. It requires little to no effort, but also produces little to no sustained growth and towards little to no fruit. If your, your growth is sporadic, it's dependent on fluctuating feelings and external circumstances. It requires no effort on your part. Any day you feel like going to the gym, you can go. Any day you don't feel like you stop, but you're not going to have the results of having proper muscles. There was a footballer uh, that played number nine in one particular country. He was very prolific. was a prolific striker. Years after, he stopped playing. He appeared in one FIFA event and he was so big. I was wondering, is this the footballer that was the top nine in the world? You know the reason why? The day he stopped going to the field to practice. What happened? The muscles came back in. You know why sometimes it's easy for people to fall in sin? They're not growing spiritually. There's no demand. They're just coasting. And I want to tell you this. Listen very carefully. The devil is wicked. If he has his chance, he will take you out. The Bible says that the, 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 the enemy is like a, lower, a roaring lion seeking whom to devour, not whom to bite. The enemy is not trying to bite you. The enemy is not trying to inflict pain on you. He's trying to kill you. If you roll over for the devil, he'll take you out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you have to take your spiritual growth serious. Because the Bible already told us, he's looking for whom to devour. That means there are some people that the enemy cannot devour. Not because God loves them more than others. But because they have taken the time to fortify their spirit and grow spiritually. They have become giants in the faith. So they are undevourable. And I tell you this, in the day of adversity, nothing in the natural can withstand the enemy, only your spiritual growth. Not money, not fame, not whatever. It's only how far you've been able to grow in who you are in Christ, the authority of the written word, that you'll be able to take authority over whatever the enemy brings your way. Hallelujah. Now look at this. I wrote this down, I write it down too. Spiritual growth does not happen by chance. It is by individual choice. And I like the word individual choice. I said it in camp meeting that spiritual growth is not, spirit, is not sexually transmitted. So the fact that you are one flesh with your husband doesn't mean the growth of your husband is your growth. That's why you can have spiritually growing husbands and wives that are not growing. And in the same way also you can have wives that are really on fire for God and the husbands are not growing. We don't share spiritual growth. It has to be by what? <coughs> individual choice. Everybody say individual choice. Say it one more time. Say individual choice. So spiritual growth does not happen by chance. It is by individual choice. So you have to decide that I want to grow. You have to make that decision. Now, I said, the decision to grow spiritually must be intentionally chosen and then <coughs> consistently practiced. Persistence is essential. You have to choose and then you have to practice consistently. Gloria Copeland makes a statement it's one of my favorite quotes. In consistency lies the power. 
If you grow just by your feelings, you will not amount to much in life. And what does your spiritual growth help you to do? Your spiritual growth positions you in a place where God can use you and put you on assignment. If you want to, your child, maybe you've got three kids, one is 21, one is 12, one is 6. If you need help in the house, who would you refer to? The one of 21. Why? Because he's grown. He's more matured. If God wants to get things done in this life, can God depend on you? Or will every little crisis come and put you under? And you know what? If the enemy knows that every little crisis comes and puts you under and you only develop by your feelings, you know what the devil is going to do? He's going to make sure that every day there is something altering your feeling. And you will not grow. You know, there are people that just... (laughs) Planning to pray and something happens, then they don't pray anymore. They're not angry. The whole day goes like that. That day is wasted. They don't read the Bible. That day is gone. I was thinking about, as I was getting ready for the second service, I was thinking about this in, in the office and I was saying, listen, may we not allow success make us become spiritually lazy. And, and what came to my mind is, is someone who's pursuing after God. Going after God. And God has blessed you. And you have a very big house. That's the picture that came to my mind. You have a very big house. And in trying to put that house in order. In trying to make that house beautiful. In trying to make that house clean. It takes the whole of your time every day. That you do not have time to spend with God anymore. The same thing as a minister. The ministry can grow. And you're caught up in administration. You're caught up in other things. And you're not spending time to grow spiritually. And that's, that explains the reason sometimes. When certain things happen to certain ministers at a level. People wonder. So what happened? No matter how big you are. You have to grow daily. It has to become a discipline. Everybody say discipline. It has to become a discipline, not a feeling. If it's still a feeling, you will not grow. I feel like praying. I don't feel like praying. No, you have to pray whether you feel like praying or not. We, We pray and we know God hears us because we pray according to the word, not according to our feeling. Look at this. This is very interesting. Just as when you decide to go to the gym, even when you don't feel like it, you invariably feel awesome by the end of your workout. Rather than waiting to feel like walking on practicing your spiritual discipline, you must walk on it anyway, knowing the feelings will follow. So, the feelings do not lead you, you lead the feelings. There are times I read the Bible when I didn't feel like reading the Bible, but I have to read the Bible. And sometimes you don't have to buy certain Things that make you feel very... Yeah, you know people say, instead of reading nine chapters and you don't understand anything, why not just read one verse and get something out of it? And you know what I tell, tell people in that situation? Read the nine chapters and concentrate on the one verse. Because you know what happens? After you do that for a long time, you will not be reading passages of the Bible. You'll just be looking for one verse. You know... Have you ever tried, you shouldn't do it, but have you ever tried helping someone in the exam hall that does not know the, the, the subject? They are more difficult to help. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say, oh, uh, skeletal system, da 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 explain. Then I say, please, I don't know it. You know, say, okay, skeletal system is this, and this. They say, eh uh-huh. I say, yeah, with that, you should be able to write something. I say, no, just tell me. I don't want to make mistake. If you're not careful, they'll copy your matric number. Are you following what I'm saying? But if it's different, if someone has read and they forgot, if you give them a clue, oh, skeleton, oh, yeah, 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 they will even say, oh, it's okay, it's okay, I remember now. I, and they would put it down. It's the same thing. When the Bible says the Holy Spirit will bring scriptures to your remembrance. Some of you in the midst of crisis, the Holy Spirit, you know, as the, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit brooded over the earth and God spoke. The Holy Spirit broods over your soul. Empty. Broods your spirit. No word. <laughs> this is me. This is not Bible. The Holy Spirit goes back to God. He says, we have a difficult case. You know, it's like the Holy Spirit, you know in, in those days when people want to remember stuff, then they hit their head. It's like the Holy Spirit hits. Empty. No scripture. 
How will God give you victory? But if you have been studying scriptures, if you have been persistent with scriptures, how many of you have had that experience? When something comes up, a scripture comes out of your spirit. Where was that scripture? You had it in you when you were practicing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know sometimes you tell people, confess the word. And what they are, not conf- what they are confessing is not the word, it's just nice saying. Huh? You know sometimes you tell people, say, say, say the word, say it is well. So one day I asked someone, I said, what is well? Do you understand the background to that story? They don't even know where it is in the Bible. And I can ask a lot of Christians, where is that it is well in the Bible? You know, a lot of Christians don't know where it is. I know you don't want to answer because you might be one of those Christians. But you know, we just say it, right? We just say it because we just assume by saying it is well, things will be well. If you're not found, listen to this. God will not shift the rules because it's you. You have to learn to be founded on the word. In the midst of circumstances, there have got to be a word you are anchoring your soul on. If not, listen to me, saints of God, the devil will mess you up. You will not believe what he will do to you. You will be surprised. The enemy is on the leash to cause riots and destruction and death. God brings life. And there is a process of life. That's why your growth is important. Your growth should be prioritized. For your own good. And for the good of those around you. Praise the name of the Lord. The number one enemy of spiritual growth is feelings. Write that down. The number one enemy of spiritual growth is feelings. If a man goes by his feelings... He will never grow spiritually. I had a mentor who told me one time <laughs> he sat down a day, almost a day and a half reading the New Testament from Matthew to Revelation. He only got up to eat, got up to walk around. That's discipline. And if you see him quoting scriptures today, you'll be amazed. Do you realize in school, those who practice mathematics the most, they had the best result in maths? Huh? I, had, I had very good grades in literature, English literature. You know the reason I had very good grades in English literature? I love reading novels. So, before the beginning of the term, they'll tell us we're reading um, whatever we're reading. Let's, let me use probably all the novels, okay? They'll just give up. Maybe things fall apart. They'll write it so that your parents will buy it. Immediately they buy my things fall apart. I would have read it two, three times before, the, before we go to school. So by the time they are doing literature review, the whole book is in my head. But my mathematics exam, I will practice a night to the exam so that I will not forget. Then there are some I will practice early in the morning. So that I, then there are some that is five minutes to the exam. Then there are some that they say, question paper is coming. <laughs> because you are just looking at it. So that maybe the question paper comes and you turn it up, then you just see and then you deposit. And I never did very well in mathematics. Because the laws would not be bent for me. But then there were other people who didn't do the same with literature. They didn't like reading novels, but they liked solving mathematics. What was the difference? During exam, you also see them you know, trying to go through the story. So what happened to this one? So what happened to this one? It's the same. I applied myself to a direction and I got the results effortlessly. Uh, They applied themselves in another direction and they got the results effortlessly. Do not admire any faith giant. Every faith giant is someone who applied himself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, you see this this big man of God, you can also be that. You apply yourself the way they apply themselves. They can inspire you, but it's not a superhuman thing that nobody can achieve. If you would put in the work, you would grow to become a giant. Why? How do you grow to become a giant? You feed yourself giant food. And God's word is giant food. God's word is food for champions. God is not a respecter of persons. Hallelujah. Now let's look at this. 
First Peter chapter two verse two. First Peter chapter two and verse two. Are you learning something this morning? And and you're learning something to make up your mind that you're going to grow. It's only when you grow that you can defeat the circumstances of life. Troubles are part of life. They will come. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. Like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. By, by it, by what? By the word. But what I want to emphasize this morning, it says, long for, long for, desire. The first point of spiritual growth is desire. Is a longing. You must first of all desire to grow. That word desire means to yearn. To crave for, to lust for, to long for, to greatly desire. is used nine times in scriptures. First time it was used, Romans 1.11. Paul says, I long to visit you that I might impart to you some spiritual gifts. Then also 2 Corinthians 5.2, 2 Corinthians 9.14, Philippians 1.8, Philippians 2.26, 1 Thessalonians 3.6, 2 Timothy 1.4 and James 4.5, then 1 Peter 2.2. Nine times is used in scripture. It means to earnestly crave, a desire. You know, if you're married and you've got a wife who's pregnant, you know, sometimes some women, depending on how God created them, have funny cravings for certain foods. Your wife wakes you up at nine o'clock that she wants to eat roasted yam and fried onions and cooked tomatoes. <laughs> You know, if you tell her, well, it's not available, and you give her whatever, and she eats, she didn't really desire to eat that thing. If she really desired to eat it, <laughs> you will get up that night. Hmm? You know, one of the things I enjoyed uh, when we're about having our kids, you know, sometimes still back home then, my parents would come, maybe cook pepper soup with all kinds of meat. This one will come bring this kind of food <laughs> and they'll give it to Sister Mary. Uh, do you want pepper soup? He said, no. I said, no, don't, don't need to force her. Don't <laughs> to force her. <laughs> give it here. <laughs> and then they bring all this soup. Say, do you want a goosey soup? Say, no. I said, no, no, there's no pressure. Just bring it here. <laughs> you know. And then she will ask for one thing. Maybe she just wants plantain. I said, no problem. You can have that. Because if it's actually a desire, nothing else will satisfy you except it's that thing. How many of you have felt thirsty and you drank Coke? Hmm? And when you drank Coke at the beginning, you took Coke, you felt refreshed. Few minutes after, you felt what? Felt thirsty. Because if there is a desire in your heart for spiritual growth, nothing will satisfy that desire. And people go the extra mile. The best way to describe it is people who are hooked on drugs. How they go to get money for drugs. Some will sell what they have. Some will lie. Some will do all kinds of things just to satisfy that craving. That's what a desire means. If a man does not have a desire for spiritual growth, they will not grow. It will not be sustained. It will just be a mere wish. Oh, oh. I was reading the story of Ivan Roberts. When he was praying about revival in, in Wales and how it was said that after prayer meetings, he would stay back and just intercede and just intercede for the power of God to break out in Wales. And did he get it? Yes, he got it. How many times do we say we really want revival and we pray once, right? We just look up. There's no sign of revival. Just say, I don't care what you people do. If you want to go to hell, just go to hell. Me, I know I'm going to heaven. You didn't really desire revival. Whatever you desire, you would have a physical plan towards. Let me show you an example of two men in scriptures who actually had a desire. Go to, um, write this down. The first discipline for spiritual growth is to maintain a consistent desire to grow. 
The first discipline for spiritual growth is to maintain a consistent desire to grow. Please note that statement. Every word of it is important. The first discipline. The first discipline for spiritual growth is to maintain a consistent desire to grow. That's very important. The first discipline for spiritual growth is to maintain a consistent desire to grow. That consistent desire to grow has to be maintained. <clears throat> has to be maintained. Then I, I said, desire not battered by actions is mere witches. Desires not battered by actions are mere wishes. Let's look at Luke chapter 19. I'm going to know the story of Zacchaeus. <coughs> there's, a, there's a song about Zacchaeus in Sunday school. I don't remember it. If you remember, you don't sing it. <laughs> but you know Zacchaeus was a short man. Hmm? Luke chapter 19. Let's look at Zacchaeus. Verse 1. Luke 19, 1. He entered Jericho, Jesus, and was passing through. And there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Luke chapter 19, <clears throat> verse 1 and 2. Verse 3 now. Verse 3 now. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. That means he was desiring to see Jesus. And was unable because of the crowd for he was small in stature. Let's, let's think about that. Zacchaeus had a desire to see Jesus. But he couldn't see Jesus because he was a small man, small in stature. You know what Zacchaeus could have done? At least God sees my heart. I'm trying. This guy was not a poor man. He was a rich man. He had a job. He was a tax collector. Let's look at the next thing Zacchaeus did because Zacchaeus had a desire. Look at the next thing. Verse 4. So he ran on ahead. Zacchaeus ran ahead of the crowd. Imagine the crowd is coming with Jesus. And this man was shot. Hmm? And he couldn't see Jesus. This man began to run ahead of the crowd. Can you see what desire is doing? Come on. Can you see what desire is doing? He's running ahead of the crowd. Imagine what people would think if, if a rich man was running ahead of the crowd. He was known. He was running. That's what desire. Desire would put action to your steps. You cannot desire to grow spiritually and your Bible is always closed. You're deceiving yourself. You cannot desire to grow spiritually and, and if you feel like praying, you pray. You don't feel like praying, you won't pray. You will not grow. And the devil will whip you. Oh yes, he will. Oh yes, he will. Look at the steps that Zacchaeus took to go ahead of Jesus. He ran ahead. What was giving him that energy? What was Zacchaeus doing? He really desired. That is what it means, saints of God. When you desire to grow spiritually, you will throw your feelings aside and put action to your steps. If you want to know God, you will get into his word. If you want to have victory in this life, you get onto the word of God. God is not going to change the rules for you. He's paid the price already on the cross for you to have victory. If you want victory, you get the word of God and go get your victory. He ran ahead. He didn't only just run ahead. He climbed into the sycamore tree in order to see him. For he was about to pass that way. Look at what Zacchaeus did. I want to see Jesus. And now, I'm short. I can't see. He ran ahead of the crowd. He went on a tree. He climbed the tree. Do you consider in your mind how embarrassing that is for a rich man? How embarrassing that is? What steps are you taking to grow spiritually? I remember one conference. I wanted to attend a conference in my city. I didn't have money. It was for general overseers then. And they asked me, uh, do you want to, uh, 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 my friend said, I said, I will go to that conference. They said, but you don't have money. I said, I will go. I went. I stood by the window and I was listening. They drove me up to two times, the ushers. So one guy now came and said, what do you want? I said, I want to go to the conference. 
He now said, okay, come. So he took me close to the tape table. She stayed there. So I stayed there. It was, tr- it was more trouble for me. I saw materials that I would have wanted. I kept looking. I kept looking. He says, what do you want? Do you want to buy messages or do you want to listen? <laughs> That's desire. A, a friend, uh, there was a time a campus fellowship was going to a meeting in Lagos. I didn't have the money. It was 1000 And I had only 500 And I told the guy that I'll sit on the attachment of the bus all the way to Lagos. They gave me one pillow. I sat there from, from, from Abraka to Lagos. Man, I tell you, that's what desire does. That's what desire does. Another meeting I went to, nowhere to stay. All I had, money I had, I just bought the bag of pure water. And I stood outside, it was a big meeting, overflow. Just sat in the chair, there in that meeting. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you have the desire and the right heart, God will make doors open for you. A couple were close to me the first day of the meeting and they asked me when they were going. So, oh, where are you going? If we can drop you. I said, this is where I'm going. I said, you didn't have a place? No, I shared with them. And, and, and they provided a place for me all through those three days for the meeting. I remember when I bought the book Money Comets by Leroy Thompson. The book was 1,500. I cannot forget. All I was given to go to school that period was 2,000 air. I bought the book one five. I went to... And then they, I used to stay in school two weeks and come back home. That was what would take me for the two weeks. I bought the book one five, and then I paid my transport, and then I had maybe like two hundred naira. All I did lived on was bread and akara, fifteen naira. That's what desire to grow. Listen to me. People are not where they are by accidents. We thank God for the call of God, but God can call you and you will fail in ministry. God can anoint you and you will fail in ministry. When Paul says, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith, it means some other people did not finish their course. You will not excel by chance. We need to, you know, some of you have made it look like almost like in Christianity. All you need to do is just give your heart. Oh, God loves you too much. Oh, God loves you. God loves you. But if God wants to use you, if you want to have the victory, you have to put in the work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you with me, church? You have to put in the work. And what joy. I mean, having our kids in our service today, hearing such a message. Imagine if these guys in TCC start putting to practice, putting the word in their life right now. They'll become faith giants before they get up to our age. Because sometimes as adults, we are concerned by many things. Crying doesn't solve a problem. Shouting doesn't solve a problem. The word is the answer. You've got to find the word to liberate your soul, to liberate your heart, to give you the victory. And the most important thing you have to understand today, if you're not gaining grounds, you are losing grounds. If you're not gaining grounds, you're losing grounds. Zacchaeus took steps to see Jesus. It took embarrassing steps to see Jesus. <laughs> took ridiculous steps. Can you imagine a, a short man climbing a tree? I mean, he, people will laugh at him. People will point to him, but he knew what he wanted. Jerry Saver said when he got called into ministry, the Lord told him, if you give me eight hours of your time, I'll make a minister out of you. He used to work in the body shop of automobiles. And he said he would wake up in the morning, dress up, get his messages, get books by Brother Hagen. Eight hours. Daily, look at what the Lord has made of him. Paul says, The grace of God, and what I am by the grace of God, he says, But not, not also I, but I labor. Those things have to be balanced. Grace is not to endorse laziness. Hmm? You don't read Bible, you don't pray, you only do these things when you feel like. Yet, you want, you want God to move heaven and earth when you are in trouble. Well done. Well done. Mm, well done. <laughs> Look at this. And he met Jesus. Because God will meet you at the level of your desire. Are you following me this morning? I want to stir your heart to make up your mind. That you will not lose ground one day.
for the enemy. Too many Christians are living defeated life. That's not God's best for them. Brother Copeland said, when he heard the message of Kenneth Higgins, then Buddy Harrison, the, the, the son-in-law of Kenneth Higgins, was managing his tapes. He wanted to buy those tapes. He drove his car <laughs> and told Buddy Harrison, I need as much tapes of Brother Higgins as I can. As I'm traveling to preach, as honorarium comes, I'll come and pay you. He dropped his car papers. But the Harrison gave him all the materials he wanted and I said, you can pay back anytime. He said, because the car they parked in front of that place, they preach prosperity. That kind of car in front of their church <laughs> does not typify the kind of message they are preaching. But look at that desire. Can you exchange your car papers, no matter how bad the car is, for materials to be given to you to listen to? Do you think it's worth it? There are so many people. We don't even buy materials right now. All our messages are free on the website. You get it every week. We put in the effort to edit these messages. We teach. We edit. We put it on your phone. Yet, some people are too lazy to listen to it. And when the enemy comes up, they want me to perform magic. Hmm? You know, sometimes people are in trouble and they come to me and I say, go listen to this series, listen to that message, listen to that message. They don't want that. And I don't also blame them because we've raised a Christianity where the pastor is deputy God. You don't have to do anything. Just believe in your man of God. Just believe in the oil, believe in the water, believe in the mantle. Don't do anything. I'm sent to save you. If your pastor is taken away from you, will you have victory? Huh? If that prophet is taken away from you, would you have victory? Is that God's best for your life? Praise the name of the Lord. I want to challenge you today to take your spiritual growth as a priority. Let it take first place in your life. Because when the challenges of life shows up, nothing in the natural can quench them. Hmm? Spiritual growth starts with desire. And I'm just explaining desire to you that desire is not mere witches. Desire is backed up by action. Let's look at another man. Joshua. You know, most people think that, oh, God just chose Joshua because God liked him. Exodus 33, 11. Let me show you something about Joshua. Exodus 33, 11. What is your excuse for not growing up spiritually? Why have you not read your Bible? Hmm? What's your excuse? If there is anything that God is staring in my heart right now, is to go back to those disciplines. Oh, those disciplines. It, it's amazing how, how we, oh God, it's amazing how you pursue after God. You go after God. And when success starts coming, you're too busy to do the things you used to do. There were nights I'll go to my mentor's house and pick his books. And I'll read all through the night. I'll write down notes. Those are the things that got us to where we are today. This thing is not luck. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, saints, are you hearing what I'm saying? This thing is not luck. It's a deliberate attempt to be all God wants us to be. And yet there is more. There is more. Look at this. So the Lord, Exodus 33, 11. So the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Moses would go. Moses would speak to God. And Moses would go back. And Joshua would remain there. Would remain in the tent. What was Joshua looking for? A desire. You remember when Moses was coming down from the Mount of Sinai where he had received the Lord. Joshua met him halfway. What was Joshua looking for? That's what desire does. Imagine your pastor had closed. Church had finished. And you stay back praying. The day God wanted to anoint someone to take over from Moses, he had no choice but to anoint Joshua. Hmm? It was not just random. The man had a desire. Remember what I taught you guys in camp? 
Random events on the earth are precise events in the realm of the spirit. The realm of the spirit is precise. You want an anointing, but you don't want to pay the price. Hmm? You want revival with the attitude of someone who is partying. No consecration. Any little thing, your spiritual life is depleted. They take light. You are angry. You won't pray again. Huh? For some of us, I think the devil just toys with us. Hmm? Just like in my mind, get bag of balls. Hmm? All kind of balls. And as you are running, he just plays one. You trip. You get upset. You don't pray. Two days. All the enemy needs to do is to just set you up. Every week, something will happen that will steal your joy. I prayed even when I didn't feel happy. I knew that if I follow my feelings, bitterness will settle in my soul. So I went before the Lord. Prayed. Got the word. I've confessed joy when there was no altar of joy in my heart. Why? <laughs> That's how to gain victory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why do people commit suicide? Why do you think people commit suicide? Depression. What do you think causes this depression? Thoughts. Because you know what? From one thought, it leads to another. From one thought, it leads to another. From one thought, it leads to another. And at the end of the day, you know what the enemy will do? There's no use living. And at that point, you're too weak to see hope. When David was about to be stoned, what happened to him? He said he encouraged himself in the Lord. Do you realize when he encouraged himself in the Lord, what happened? The Lord gave him a strategy for victory. Because the strategy for victory is in that situation that is overwhelming you. If you fail in the day of distress, your strength is limited. It's a limited bandwidth. You cannot carry victory solutions. I want every one of us to rise up and make this year a year of massive spiritual development. Go tone your spiritual muscles. There are assignments for us to do. There are things for us to do for the kingdom. And you have to grow. You have to develop. Job 23, 12. I have not gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured up the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. When God is looking for a man to ordain, let's assume the Lord wants to send us on a separate assignment and God is looking for who can take over the work here. Have you put yourself in a position where the Lord can say, lay hands on that one? Because when you leave the camp, He stays behind praying. He stays behind studying. You can't prepare on the day of battle. It's already too late. You prepare before battle shows up. And you know when I talked about World Cup and I talked about all these championships, they give you the dates. They tell you who you're fighting. But the battles of life are not like that. They come unannounced. So you have to also be prepared. Are you hearing what I'm saying? These are some of the truths we need to bring back to the fall of Christianity. Because we've almost made people feel like if you're a Christian, there'll be no challenge. You know, it'll be sweatless victory. It'll be this, it'll be that. Scripture says Paul went around the churches strengthening them and telling them there are too much tribulations. Shall you enter the kingdom? You know, we don't read those verses anymore in, 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 in the Christian faith. We are always afraid huh, of reading those verses. Even when we have a song. Hmm? There's a song you used to sing. Uh, when trouble comes my way, I will... Praise the Lord. You know, they change it. Hmm? When success comes my way, I will. And I've even heard people say, when you're taking your wedding vows, don't say for better, for worse. For better, for better. Oh God. Worst things happen in marriage. Worst things happen in life. Jesus says, in this world, you would have tribulations. He says, but be of good share. For I have overcome them. Jesus did not say you will not have. He says you will have. But I have the victory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't want to raise people who are in self-denial. The world is tough. Crisis will come. The enemy will tempt your health. 
The enemy will tempt your life. The enemy will tempt your finances. The enemy will tempt your marriage. You have to, the Bible says, having done all, to stand. Are you following what I'm saying here? God wants you to have victory. But you have to grow into that. The victory is already assured. You have to take hold of it. You have to take hold of it. Job says, I've treasured your word, the word of his mouth, more than my necessary food. We, have, we used to have something back then called no breakfast, no Bible, sorry, no breakfast. Do you remember that? Who remember that? Huh? We used to have that. It was just a philosophy we had in school. If you had not read your Bible, don't eat. This is where we took that verse from. There are many people that will be eating and reading Bible at the same time. They put the conflict, put milk, and Jesus said, Say, add more milk. <laughs> we don't know where God is giving the revelation, whether I speak milk or the Holy Spirit. That's why I see people come on Facebook and teach all kinds of doctrines. You just know that this one has not read the Bible. Huh? You see why doctrines are flying everywhere today? Tired people, lazy people. All kinds of doctrines. All kinds. And, and if you see the, the direction of the doctrine is least efforts. Mm, don't do anything. Don't do anything. It is done. It is finished. Don't do anything. God loves you just the way you are. Thank you. Hmm? God loves you just the way you are. Look at what Paul said. Let me tell you. Let me show you what Paul said. Hebrews 5.12 God's love for you is never changing. Hmm? God doesn't love you by your works. Can I tell you something? God will not use you if you don't grow. But his love for you is never changing. Sing the song we sang. There's no mountain he won't climb. Hmm? There's nothing he won't break to save you. The question is, after God has climbed mountains to save you, would you climb mountains so you can save others? Or for all the days of your Christian life, every time they sing reckless love, you'll be crying. You know, there are people who just every time, oh, Father, oh, your love is reckless. Because every day, they're falling in sin and getting up. Hmm? So every day, the reckless love is a fresh revelation. Ah, oh, there's no mountain. There's no mountain God won't climb. And there are yet others who sung is I pledge allegiance to the cross with all my heart and with all my life. I'll choose to obey. I'll not count my life dear. They're not just talking about the reckless love of God anymore. They are now taking the love of God to others. Can God count on you for others or for every day we have to remind you to pray. Look at what Paul said there. He says, for the time you ought to be teachers, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need, Hebrews 5.12, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the actual words of God. Look at what Paul said there. Can we get maybe a simpler translation if possible? Does anybody have the Amplified? He says, for the time you ought to be teachers, by this time, you ought to be teaching God's word. He says, you have need. Look at this. For even though by this time, that's what I wanted to get. Even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again. Listen, the very first principles of the Word of God. Look at what Paul saying. Hmm? You started with milk. Now you need milk again. So we have to teach you, pray. We have to teach you, study the Word. We have to teach you, observe quiet time. We have to teach you that in the midst of crisis, you speak the word. You don't speak defeat. You speak the word. And if you catch yourself speaking defeat, you go back. You learn. We've taught you confessions. You keep your confessions right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A time should come. The engagement with you should not be on whether you should stop sinning. It's about what nations you can take for God. It's about what territories you can take for God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A time should come. We should not be talking about praying. We should not be able to trust you with certain prayer points. Say, you know what? This is confidential. But I need you to deal with this in the spirit. You can be God's special agents for special assignments. 
A time comes in your Christian life. I was reading this scripture yesterday and it meant so much to me. Say, they that try to save their life, they would lose it. But those that lose their life for the sake of the kingdom, they will gain it. How we look at our world today and everything the world pushes at us is how to save our lives. How to become a better you. How to protect yourself. Everything is about us, 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 us. Me, 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 me. Since if we try to save our life, we'll lose it. But if we try to lose our life for the sake of the kingdom, we will find it. You know what, saints of God? If we want to grow spiritually, we must not desire to hear only the things that will please us. We must desire to hear even the things that will not please us. That's in the truth of God's word. That's in the truth of God's word. How strong is your desire? And then I ask you again, what's your excuse for not growing? This has always been an encouragement for me in my life. There is nothing you're going through today that someone somewhere has not gone through worse things. And yet, they gain the victory. Why? Because the word of God says, there's no temptation that comes upon a man that's not common. God has provided the way of escape. How do we get the way of escape? As we go in our spirit. God can speak victory words to us. Take advantage of this year. Have a spiritual growth plan. Hmm? Get back home. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't say I'm going to start on Monday. Start today. Get back home. Hmm? Sit down. Shut your phone. Put up the TV. Go read the book of Philippians. It's four chapters. Chapter 1 to 4. In less than an hour, you finish that book. Read it. Tomorrow, pick Ephesians. Six chapters. In less than an hour, 30 minutes, you finish it. Because this whole thing that we're calling busyness is the enemy's attempt to, to, to drive us from growing spiritually. We have to restore spiritual growth. Not just by hearing the right messages, but you taking the responsibility and digging deep into scriptures. And you know the funny thing? It's like the way your children are. You know, if you have kids now, or you know your friend, or how you, you realize, how did I go this fat? How did I go this big? You realize that if you're growing fat or you're growing bulky, you know, it's not intentional. You know it's not intentional, right? Nobody said to go and say, this year is my year of fatness. Well, some people do that. But for others, it's not. What? A piece of cake here. Malt. Hmm? Whatever. Food. You're just eating. Before you know, the day you realize you're fat is the day you ask, ah, we have wedding. So, oh, bring down my green skirt. <laughs> you try to wear the green skirt. It stops here. You now call your husband. Say, hold this side. Hold this side. Yeah, now jump. 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 Then you hear the skirt is torn. Hi. Ah. Yeah. Where did I? No. Fat doesn't announce itself. You don't hear in your dream, you're going fat. You're going for No. It's the same thing. It's easier to gain weight. It's difficult to lose weight. You know, one day I was talking to my gym instructor. And uh, so I just told him, I said, so he, he, because sometimes when you understand certain things, it helps you to just discipline yourself. Right? I went on the, on the treadmill and it was maybe like about 110 calories or something. Something maybe... And then, so he just told me that day that do you know that a bottle of malt contains this number of calories? So I realized that what I've been doing in the last 20 minutes was equivalent to one bottle of malt. That day I had respect for malt and I lost taste for malt. Because I asked myself, if it's that easy to gain this and it's this difficult to put it in, let me not stress myself. But, but do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Because that's how life works. That's how life works. Growth is difficult. Failure is easy. You know all you need to do in life? Not to grow spiritually? Do nothing. Just get up. If you feel like praying, pray. If you don't feel like praying, don't pray. Get up. If you feel like studying the word, study. If you don't feel like studying the word, don't study. Get up. Feel like coming to church? Come. If you don't feel like coming to church, just, do, just let your feelings guide you. 
and you wake up and realize you're under, the enemy is defeating you. But if you want to grow, it will be painful. And that pain is what we must not avoid. So set up your mind today that you pray at least 15 minutes every day. And I tell you what, let it come hell or high water. You stay on that prayer ground and you pray your 15 minutes. There are times I've told myself I'm praying for 20 minutes. I pray 15 minutes and I'm tired. I press on. I press on. I look at my watch. I'm staying here for 15 minutes. I'm not moving. And somebody say, so what do you do? That's why we have praying in tongues. I pray in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit. The Scripture says praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up your most holy faith. Hallelujah. Would you make a commitment with me this morning that we will get back on our spiritual growth? Can we be on our faith? Let's make that commitment. Let's say, Lord, oh yes, oh yes, we will grow. Oh, we will not allow the enemy to take advantage of us. We will grow, we will grow, we will grow. Can we just pray and say, Lord, we, 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 we don't just want to have wishes about growth. No, no, it's going to be a strong desire. I want to be someone God can count on in this generation. And I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Can we lift up our voices and just pray, brethren? Let's pray together in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.